Hey, this is Garrett. Before we get started, I want to tell you about our sponsors. First, we have DuckSeason.com. That's D-U-K-S-Z-N.com. Uh, go on there and check it out. There's uh, community forums on there where you can learn about all different tips and tactics for different types of waterfowl hunting. You can talk with a bunch of different guys all over the country. You can also go on there and find hunts to trade with people. Like say you want to go out east on the coast and hunt some sea ducks. You can go on there, find someone that's got one of those hunts. And if they're willing to, you can trade them a hunt for uh, something in your area. They also have uh, clothing on there, hats and shirts and whatnot. And check out their Salty Duck line. 100% of the proceeds from anything you buy from that go to the conservation of eiders. So that's a really cool uh, deal. Good way to spend your money. You can also find them on Instagram. Uh, it's D-U-K-S-C-N. Uh, next, we have Waylon Johnson and his guide service uh, down in the San Antonio area. If you want to get on some ducks and geese, go ahead and find him on Facebook at Waylon Johnson. Or you can give him a call. His number is 361-494-7868. Next, we have 701 Pursuit. That's Caleb and the guys. They're making hunting and fishing videos. You can find them on YouTube at 701 Pursuit. They're also on TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. All those are 701 Pursuit also. And they have a website. It's seven, the numbers, 701pursuit.com. Uh, go check out some of their merch, buy some of their hats, some of their hoodies. Last, we have Highline Retrievers. That's my uh, gun dog training service up here in Culbertson, Montana. Uh, if you are looking for any advice on training or if you want to set up some training this next summer for your Four-legged hunting pal, you can give me a call. Uh, my number is 406-783-7083. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, Facebook, it's H-I-L-I-N-E Retrievers. And on Instagram and TikTok, it's H-I-L-I-N-E Retrievers, all one word. And then, guys, we have a Facebook page. It's just called the Wicked Hunting Report Podcast. Uh, go on there. Uh, get in on it. We will approve you in as long as you're not 12 years old. Um, pretty much on there, we're going to have migration reports from across the country as guys are seeing birds fly uh, north or south, depending on the season. Be letting you know what's going through the area, numbers and types and whatnot. You can also get on there, post your hunting picks, what's good, what's bad, you know, anything like that. Anything goes, just try not to make it political at all. That's all we ask, but that's all we got for sponsors. Uh, please enjoy the show, and if you hear anything that you like or don't like, let me know. We're always trying to improve what we got for the show, but uh, yeah, enjoy it. Okay, welcome in to another episode of the Wicked Hunting Report. Uh, today, you've just got me again. Um, had a couple cancellations tonight on recordings, so you get to listen to me uh, ramble on by myself two episodes in one week so hopefully you don't make this a thing but hopefully that's this is the last time that happens um on this episode i was uh kind of thinking the other day about how whenever i have a guest on to ask them to introduce themselves about themselves where they're from how they got into hunting that type of stuff and i really haven't ever done that about me so you guys are kind of just listening to some random person you don't know anything about so i figured since I got no one to record with tonight, I would give that a shot and uh, kind of let you guys know who I am. So my name is Garrett Backman. Um, I'm from 
originally from South Dakota. Uh, we moved up to the Scobie, Montana area when I was between third and fourth grade. Uh, went there all the way through graduation. Graduated from high school, went to college in Wahpeton, North Dakota. I went for John Deere Technology. So it basically means I'm a certified mechanic, certified technician. I worked for a John Deere dealership down South Dakota for about a year after graduation. And then I moved back to the Scobie area, worked for a versatile dealership there. It's a place I worked through high school. I went on from that to work for a farmer, then another farmer, worked in uh, John Deere across the state over in Shoto, um, then came back and uh, worked for a dealership in Williston, North Dakota, and then now I'm here in Culbertson, North Dakota. Um, I've got a wife, uh, Casty, and I've got three kids, uh, Briar, Presley, and Cammie. Um, Briar is turning four in February. Cammie's turning, or Presley's turning two in February. And Cammie's just a couple months old. So I guess that's me and the family. Um, how I got started into hunting was, I mean, growing up, I was around it pretty much 24-7. Uh, when got home from school or whatever, after supper when we were watching TV, 90% of the time it was a hunting show uh, on weekends. If it was hunting season, we'd go hunting. If it was summer, I would uh, go to my grandparents a bunch in the summer times, and uh, my grandpa would take me fishing. We would go dang near every day, if not multiple times a day. Uh, so I've always been into the outdoors. As long as I can remember, all I wanted to do was, I mean, be a hunter. <laughs> For a while there in high school, I thought it'd be reality that I could become a professional hunter, I guess middle schoolish age. You know, start out videoing and then work my way up, but the uh, TV hunting space kind of started to uh, turn into something else. As I got older, it started to switch more over to uh, the social media and online presence and whatnot to where you didn't have to be, you know, hardwired in as a hunting TV show on cable because it really wasn't a thing anymore. So uh, that dream kind of, kind of disappeared. I mean, there was... I was talking with multiple people about going to videography school to learn how to run the cameras and whatnot and then become a videoer for those hunting shows, but really didn't work out because, like I said, industry changed, and I'm totally fine by that. I'm happy with the life I've got now. But, uh, yeah, I started out running around the backyard, the BB gun and pellet gun, me and my little brother Jake. Uh, we also had bows running around shoot those all the time. There wasn't a sparrow, rabbit, blackbird, whatever that was safe in the neighborhood because we were taking care of them. Uh, the earliest thing I remember hunting, like big thing, was the first rabbit that I actually uh, shot and killed. I remember it was late night and uh, in our backyard there was a couple rabbits every now and again, cottontails. And uh, I remember I was watching TV with Jake, I would have been really little. We were still living in South Dakota, so I was below third grade. I think I was like in first or second grade or whatever, old enough to handle the pellet gun. Anyways, my dad came in and said, there's a rabbit in the backyard. If you want to try to get him, get your first rabbit. And I uh, got the pellet gun. He got it cocked for me or I got it cocked, whatever. 
went back there and he kind of ran in the little tree row behind the house, uh, snuck up on him, and he kept scooting away. So my dad went around the side, kind of scared him back to me. I mean, I don't really remember how far it was. It was fairly close shot, shot him. And ever since then, I mean, that was the first adrenaline rush I ever got from hunting. And since then, I was hooked. I, uh, as soon as I could, I took my hunter safety course in fifth grade or whatever it was. Uh, went out that first year. Um, hunted a lot with my dad. We went out every chance we could. I uh, had an opportunity at a mule deer buck, and I couldn't see him through the grass because I was so short. My dad ended up shooting him, and that was his first mule deer. So though, that was a pretty special thing because it was his biggest deer ever because all he had ever hunted was whitetail. So a mule deer compared to whitetail is a lot bigger, but it was a pretty cool moment seeing how excited he was and the adrenaline rush he got from that. And then later on that season, it was closing weekend, I found, or we found, a mule deer kind of out feeding by himself, and me and my dad stocked up to like 200 yards on him, and I mean, perfect broadside shot across the field. I couldn't hold steady, though, on my knees or whatever, so he got down on his hands and knees, and I used his back as a rest, and uh, yeah, took the shot, got him. I mean, I I don't really remember seeing it because the recoil kind of knocked me over, but he said he took two steps and tipped over and was done. I mean, I was definitely hooked after that. I loved loved getting outdoors, loved the experience all the time I got to spend with my dad. Um, So that's really what got me going in the big game after that. I mean, I knew that's what I wanted to really do. Uh, I talked about on the episode with Brandon about us going to the Black Hills when we still lived in South Dakota and going on that elk hunt. That was also another thing that was a really awesome early experience in my life. Another thing that definitely got me hooked. Um, and what else? Like I said, I did a lot of fishing with my grandpa growing up. And that's another thing that I really enjoy in the summertime. And now in the wintertime, now that I'm older, I do a bunch of ice fishing. I really like that and pike spearing. Uh, me and my buddy Ben and Blaze, my brother-in-law uh, Trey, we go out quite a bit ice spearing, but like I said, that's something I kind of took on later because uh kind of grew up with the women in my life were terrified of ice, my mom and my grandma and whatnot. I remember one time in the wintertime, uh, we were at my grandpa's for Christmas or whatever, my grandparents and uh, my grandpa snuck me and my brother out to go out on the local lake that we always fished to try to go ice fishing after my grandma and mom had told him that we weren't allowed to go on the ice. Now, this is December, so ice is pretty thick by then. But anyways, we went out, and uh, I remember we had just, he had borrowed an ice um, auger from someone's little hand one, and we went out there, and there was pickups on the ice, There's people and houses all over the place, holes all over the place. I mean, it was thick, good ice. And he had this little crappy ice hogger hand one, and he was sitting out there. He had finally got the first hole drilled, you know, sweating and miserable because who knew the last time those blades had been sharpened. But he finally got the first hole drilled, and I was trying to untangle lines to get one in it. And I could hear a faint yelling noise. And I looked up, and standing on the shore... (laughs) was my grandma and my mom and both of them were screaming at my grandpa to get us off the ice before we threw, fell through the ice and they were yelling and I mean making a scene about it. 
So my grandpa hung his head, we packed up everything, walked back, and, you know, he got a talking to about it, and, you know, we uh, kind of pointed out that there was vehicles on the ice, and people had been out on this ice for two months straight now, nothing had happened, but that was probably the last kind of ice fishing experience, I guess you could call it, I had until I got older and uh, got into college and had some kids that, you know, had done it growing up that took me out, and I really fell in love with it there, and then... Uh, did some spearing too. I really, really enjoy that. I like I was saying on an earlier episode, might have been the last one, me and Blaze are going to record an episode while we are out spearing this year. Um, what else? I, uh, in my free time, I'm a hunter ed instructor and a bow hunter ed instructor. So I do that. I enjoy that. Um, and I also train dogs in my free time. I have a dog training business. Uh, it's called Highline Retrievers. I uh, I got my first lab that I trained, like my last, it would have been like the month after I graduated college, so right at the tail end there. Um, went through a lot with him. I mean, I learned a lot, had a lot of growing pains. Both of us kind of taught each other a lot. Um, yeah, he went through a lot with me, sadly. I mean, he was there through girlfriends and being single and Living off of ramen where me and him were literally eating uh, unseasoned chicken breasts and ramen for dang near every meal to uh, getting my wife, getting my first son. Uh, anyways, a couple of years ago, two years ago it would have been now, unfortunately he got hit by a truck outside of our house, so lost him, but that got me to uh, take the step to move on to a little better pedigree dog. Uh, we got our dog now, our lab now, Bo, um, and he's awesome. I mean, you can definitely tell what a pedigree, you know, having what they have in the bloodlines, what that actually means. Uh, he's crazy good, super smart. We um, did our first hunt test, both of us together, this summer. Um, he would have been nine months old. At, on the first one we went to and 11 months old on the last one that we went to he got his first ribbon he got a uh, senior hunt test pass so that's awesome and then we kind of each one we went to had something else would come up to where either you know he'd mess up and get disqualified or I would mess up and get us disqualified but I mean that's just growing pains we'll be that next summer he'll be out of his puppy stage so it'll be a lot easier to handle and we both kind of know the routine and what the gig is now, so hopefully this summer we get a bunch more ribbons and get him all of his certifications, all of his uh, yeah qualifications and whatnot. Maybe do some uh, field trials depending on how he does, but I mean up in the area we are, I'm not going to travel 10 hours to go to a hunt test every weekend. Our closest one is in Minot, so that's nice, just a couple hour drive. can make it in the morning, do the hunt test and drive back. Um, I guess, um, another thing I was talking about how I really like archery hunting as something I really enjoy. Um, I did that hunter safety course and then you had to wait a year before you could do your bow hunter course. You had to have a year of hunter safety course. At least that's the rule up here in Montana when I was doing it. I, uh, as soon as I could that next year, I took my bow hunter ed course, uh, blazed through that. Um, as soon as we get done with that, we stop by the, uh, um, what do you call it? Sporting goods store. That's kind of in our local town. Just a little thing. 
swung in there. My dad bought me my first compound bow. I grew up shooting nothing but recurves and longbows, but since I finally had my, you know, my card and whatnot, and I can actually hunt with it, he went and bought me a compound bow. I mean, I practiced on that thing every single day that summer, all the way up until hunting season. And uh, I can't remember if it was that year or the next year I finally, I think it was the next year, the whole first year I hunted through, didn't get a single thing. And then my second year, I found a little tree row. I talked to a farmer and he let me put up a tree stand. I built a tree stand actually in shop class and welding class that year or the next year. So yeah, it would have been three years before I got my first year because I built a tree stand in welding class, hung that up in the tree with my dad. And then it was like the second night I sat in it right at uh, sundown. I had a uh, nice white-tailed doe walk 20 yards underneath my stand and uh i mean i really don't remember it that well because once she i knew she's close enough i could take a shot at my adrenaline kicked in and i mean buck fever is a real thing even if it's a doe and uh i just remember she was coming in i don't remember grabbing my bow or anything but i remember being back at full draw and the pin settling in and i thought to myself holy crap it's actually gonna happen and next thing i knew i heard the arrow thwack hit home she uh ran off like 20 yards away from my stand did a little wobble tipped over there i mean i watched it all it was that first doe the adrenaline rush i don't think that there's anything that matched it until i shot my first buck with a bow i mean shoot my first deer with a rifle all of that that is nothing compared to that and i mean i'm deep in archery hunting i love it now big big part of my life uh, i've shot multiple deer up until then or up until now and then um my grandpa he uh used to build recurve and longbows back in the day and uh when i was around the age of graduating college he decided to get back into it a little bit and he built all of us uh grandsons longbows and uh he'd always talked about how he wanted to see one of us get a deer with one of them at some point before he passed on he's told me that multiple times so i decided this year i was going to uh go full in because i I, mean, I had always the past couple of years since i got it i had practiced with it all summer and then said i was going to do it and then i'd get to hunting season and i'd maybe take it out once or twice but then i would just fall back to the um fall back to the compound bow just because you know, I, I really didn't get to get out as much as I wanted to. So the few opportunities I had, I wanted to make the most of it. So this year, I finally decided I'm really going to do it. And to make myself do it, I sold compound bows, sold everything I had compound related just to make myself do it. And I uh, there's a guy in the area here, um, Colton Hurst. He, uh, he makes bows too. And... I talked with him and we tuned up some arrows for it. I bought a bow from him too later on here, a recurve, or a couple years ago, but we tuned up some arrows for it, uh, figured out my weights, my uh, broadhead weights, all that type of stuff, arrow spines, lengths, all that. And then I brought it home and I uh, paper tuned it. I got it all dialed in. And then I practiced all summer, twice a day if I could, sometimes more on the weekends. and. I got myself dialed in good, and I talked about last episode about the antelope hunts that me and Briar went on, and I mean, it was it was really exciting. I really enjoyed it. The challenge to it is so much more than I could have ever imagined. I mean, I was picturing in my head, I'll, 
I'll crawl up on something, you know, get to 20 yards or whatever and get up and put a shot in it. But man, it's so much, so much harder than you could, than you could think. But I really enjoyed it. I'm definitely going to go next year to do the same thing. Um, hopefully next year or not having another kid so I can actually get out more. Uh, we had our third kid this year. So right here during hunting season, the beginning or end of September. So I really couldn't go anywhere, get out too much because need to stay close to home. But I'm hoping next year here that I really get to get out and put the hours in and make it happen. That's my biggest goal. Um, yeah, I talked about how the season went in the last episode. Uh, as far as future plans, uh, I'm going to start putting in for some better elk tags around here rather than just getting my general and hoping I luck across one. So hopefully can draw something, get out early season with that bow in the uh, rut, do some bugling and you know try to get some crazy elk to run in close to me. That would be awesome. Um, and what else? What else can I tell you about me? Man, that's about it. I mean, I just work, hang out with the family, and hunt and fish every chance I get. You know, living the American dream, as they say. But, yeah, that's that's pretty much me. I mean, I'm the one that you're hearing from every week so far. Uh, hopefully in the future here, some of those other guys that uh, were in on that first episode, once schedules start clearing up here, they're going to be able to um, record some podcasts with people that they know in their areas get some cool stories from around the country not just people up here um yeah that's kind of it um really hope you enjoyed it and didn't get too bored of my uh sitting here rambling to myself in my laundry room but yeah thanks for uh all you guys that listen and subscribe and uh if you don't subscribe and you're listening if you could, that would be really helpful. Um, the numbers that they go off is the subscriptions, not the listens. So more people that subscribe, the more people this gets put in front of. And hopefully we can grow this thing into something special. I mean, like I talked about in the intro, I know people from across the country, hunters from across the country, and everybody knows somebody. And there's a lot of cool stories that we could uh, get going, a lot of funny stories, cool experiences that we can get out there. And Hopefully next year, like this spring and then next fall, instead of starting the middle of the season, we'll actually have some good, up-to-date hunting reports in different areas. Like I said, I had some people lined up that could go tonight, and then just nobody could. Everybody got busy, and I mean, I understand. Life is life. But uh, yeah, hopefully here next week, we're going to be able to uh, get some people on to talk about what's going on in their area, how their seasons are going, stuff like that. But uh, yeah. Thanks again for listening and uh, catch you on the next one.